0: Hello, and welcome to Plot Trist. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing The Orc from The Office by Kate Pryor.
1: This was published in 2022 and is the second book in the Claws and Cubicles series. And we reviewed the first one and got a real kick out of it, so we figured we'd keep going with the series. Why not? So, book jacket? Book jacket. Mate bonding with a coworker is against company policy, accidentally or not.
0: Janice knows better than anyone that entanglements with coworkers are risky business. But when Janice accidentally breaks a coworker's nose, she finds herself unexpectedly mated
1: to an orc and under monster resources of scrutiny. Kent from the IT department is quiet and nerdy despite the tusks. His emails are overly wordy. He won't stop apologizing, even though she's the one who broke his glasses. Clearly, fate got this one wrong. All Janice has to do is stay away
0: from Kent until the bond dissipates. Easy enough, right? Except her company laptop chooses this week to need the orc from the IT department repeatedly.
1: She accidentally clicks on orc porn at work and has to take remedial phishing training with Kent. Their bond will keep pulling them back together until it's completed. There you go. It's fine. It's, yeah, it's, it's completely and utterly fine. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's cute. It's funny. It,
0: it describes the book. No issues. I still get a kick out of, for some reason, Janice
1: is just the most perfect name for someone from HR. It is. And I actually love the choice of name for him because it's Kent, but with an H in there. So it's K H E N T. So it looks orcish, but when you pronounce it, it's really just Kent. So like Kent and Janice. Well, and I think that's, it sort of underlines the difference
0: between this one and the first book in the series. Mm-hmm. The first book in the series went really hard on the absolutely insane, evil dominion, like, supernatural concept. hmm With this really banal work romance commentary. hmm And this one went way more... Hardcore romance with a supernatural romance twist. Yeah. And much more banal with the company. Like, there's not the whole evil empire thing. There's no, like, all of that is kind of taken out.
1: This one feels a lot more like Morning Glory Milking Farm in that, uh, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's this, like, wild and crazy, like, he's a monster and blah, blah, blah. But then everything else is normal. Like, you go to the coffee shop and you meet him there, and then we're going to go on a date and meet my mom. Yep. That's what this one feels like. Absolutely. And you know what? I get it. Morning Glory Milking Farm was like a huge hit. So if you can recreate that, go do for it. it. Alrighty. So as usual, we generated a random number between one
0: and twenty five, because these are pretty short. Um, and we were unlucky enough to get one. And both of us saw that and went, I'm gonna need a hyphen.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I had I was not inspired. I was inspired by Lane. So I have to let Lane go first. Work husband. Work husband. There you go. So um
0: this is a supernatural romance. So we're not quite in our historical wheelhouse to pull out tropes.
1: But I do think we identified a couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this is obviously like the office romance or the office rom-com. Yes. Uh, And
0: added to that a twist of fated mates.
1: Yes. And obviously it is a monster romance since Kent is in work.
0: Yep. Um, And they are strangers. Mm -hmm. So you can throw this outside of the monster trope and even outside the fated mate trope. You have two people who don't know each other at all who are immediately put into this very high stakes romantic situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, if this were historical, it would be a marriage of convenience. Right. Or even how many of them have we seen where like one of
0: them shows up on the other's doorstep and their best friends have been run off, been abducted, gotten themselves into trouble. And so suddenly they're stuck on a road trip romance in a carriage together. And the only way to go save their friends is to pretend to be man and wife. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a couple of different ways that it can be done, even in a historical context. But the fact that they don't know each other at all is driving a lot of the conflict and confusion.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure um yeah and then I mean the last one is this this is like I feel like the new twist on the monster romance and this which is why I cited morning glory milking farm he's an orc on the outside but a teddy bear on the inside so he's monstrous on the outside and sweet and nice and kind and the best guy ever on the inside but he looks like he's
0: like mean and violent and he's actually just like wearing a park pocket protector like Mm -hmm. biggest nerd Nope. And she, just in terms of character archetypes and how it plays into this novella, um, had to leave her last job because of a scandalous dating situation with a coworker,
1: mm-hmm. And
0: so the fact that she has found herself in that scenario again is very triggering for her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like that's a trope at this point, too. Yeah, like this romance is echoing the last one that didn't work so well a little too, too closely.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So what did you think of this one? The first one we were really into, I think, more because of the satire on capitalism or corporate life than because of the romance itself. Yeah. And because this didn't go in as hard on that front,
0: it really tried to be a more traditional romance. And I think it played the sex a lot straighter. Mm hmm. It didn't have as many of those elements that I found so charming. Look, I didn't think this was a bad monster romance or anything. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think monster romances are necessarily my jam. Right. And so because this one played monster romance a lot straighter, I found it less like creative and worthy of commentary.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you. The first one I found so charming because it it took all these elements that I find super problematic about like a regular office romance and really pointed out to you that, yeah, they're really problematic and they did it through the means of this like evil empire. In this one, they're, they're really not showing anything problematic about a work romance, right? They're just sort of saying, yeah, they're saying, if you can make it work, you should make it work without, without highlighting all the issues that are inherent in there. Well, and also that are just inherently a,
0: a part of office life. Right. Um, I think that this played that a little less as well. Like, we we talked a lot about the first book. It You never see a single scene outside of the office. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one goes much, these are both much more complete characters. It delves more wholly into their personal life. Kent's, bot, other than tusks and being massive in every way, he's pretty dude-like. Mm-hmm. Whereas the last one, the hero, um, was some sort of corporeal shifting, demonic monster with three takes. yep. And we, it played it played all of it a lot
1: more like a romance. The first book was barely a romance, right. I, I will say Kate Pryor does humor pretty well. I thought the mating bond itself was hilarious. Yes,
0: that was all really funny. And having a monster resources person who, in a human-only scenario, there is no such thing as accidentally getting in a compromising situation that's utterly work-inappropriate to this level. But because of the magic mysticism monsterness of this book, like they truly didn't mean to. There was no intent to do something this epic. And so... The fallout from it and the we've never had a situation like this scrambling to fix it, it was pretty funny.
1: Yes, I mean I, I did thought I did think it was really funny. So Janice is in human human resources, and then they added monster resources. And at first I didn't get it, and then I was like, oh, this is cute. This is good. That was a good one, Kate Pryor. <laughs> It
0: really was. And even the way that monster resources and human resources don't appear to interact
1: is like, mm-hmm. yes, corporate dysfunction. Thank you. Obviously, like it, 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 yes, that part, I was like, yeah, duh. Of course they don't talk to each other. <laughs> Everything that happened in the office worked for me. I, you know what? I agree with you. I agree with you. It was the fact that they wanted to make this a real relationship and take it outside the office. And like he even brought his mom into it, you know? Which, again, I don't think any of that was badly done. Right. If you're looking for a cute monster romance in the vein of the Cambric Creek style, like this, this will hit those, those buttons for you. If you liked the first
0: one in this series, but were like, wow, I wish these two main characters had more character development and that I really got why they were into each other, like play the corporate satire with more sincere romance. Like this absolutely does that. I think Megan and I both got left that first book going. More of the
1: satire,
0: please.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to. I do want to say that I thought their IT flirting was really cute.
0: You know. Props to Kate Pryor because there are a lot of books where romance, flirtation, whatever has been conveyed through text or email or other forms of like chatty Mm -hmm. communication. And it can be done really badly. Mm -hmm. So I do think we take it for granted when it's done well. But you're right. We should call it out. It was really cute.
1: It was really cute. It was really well done. And it's the kind of thing that you do. And again, this is where I think these books really work is when she takes something that you actually would do at the office, right? Right. And then pushes it to that little that little extra extreme, which I think really worked well. So, like, she was watching this orc porn by mistake. Like, she didn't actually mean to open orc porn. She wanted to know, like, what the mating bond was. She didn't realize that it was, like, extremely sexy, right?
0: <laughs> well, and then she's got the faded mates who haven't consummated their relationship fog going on where she's Mm -hmm. like she didn't go seeking it but now that it's in front of her she can't come out of the daze to get away from it
1: she can't like not click the link
0: (laughs) (laughs) right?
1: yeah she's like let me just send this to my personal email click
0: i really liked that she was searching for this cultural touchstone of his society and everything that she could find about it on the internet was porn Mm -hmm. and i wonder if there are any comparisons in modern society like romantic rituals from like either long dead civilizations or just from other cultures that if you googled them like way too many of the results would be pornographic
1: instead of actual explanations. Well I will tell you that this one time me and some of my coworkers were talking. We were talking about foreign names and we were like, oh, like we noticed some similarities in foreign names. And we were like, oh, in Thai names, they use the word like the, the suffix porn a lot, like super porn mm-hmm. is, a, is a very common name. And we we're like, oh, I wonder what that means. And we like looked it up. And then we realized that we were typing into our work computer on Google, what does porn mean in Thailand? And we were like, oh, that's like we clicked go. And then we were like, exit, 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 exit. B- very sincere question. Completely sincere question. Terrible idea.
0: Nope. How <laughs> a work computer? Yep. We were like, nope, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, but so I just, it's one of those moments that, yes, obviously, I've never Googled. Orc mating ritual on a work Correct. computer in Everwood. But there are those cultural miscommunications that do get you in trouble in the workplace. And it was really funny to see a monster take on this. Again,
1: the stuff that happened in the
0: office was fucking hilarious.
1: I, I agree with you. I think I would love to read more of these workplace romances. Like, honestly, if they just stayed in the, in the office, they're, like, really good. And, you know, I feel like we're being a little bit too hard on this one. Because... It's,
0: yeah, it's not that I want workplace romances to stay in the office. It's that I want the monster romance satires. Like, I'm a not actually point. that interested in reading about
1: orc sex that isn't funny. I th- I think that's I think that's the issue. As is I don't you are good for you. I, yeah, I don't. I think maybe we're not like the exact right audience for a monster romance, and the fact that this is combining it with the like the corporate satire. That's what's really making these pop for us
0: yeah and I'm sure like a lot of people reading these I'm like picturing the office tv show (laughs) if just some of the characters are monsters (laughs) like that's kind of Michael Scott is some sort of like energy vampire sucking the life (laughs) out of everyone around him right (laughs) which to me is not a sexy concept and she works in the romance and the sex well yeah it's just a Mental bridge, I can't... Like, I'm not
1: good at crossing. Right. Content warnings? I mean, it's... It is, the way Janice left her last job could be triggering. The way Janice left her last job could be triggering. I mean, this is a workplace romance. There is stuff that happens in the workplace that is inappropriate. I don't know. I, she's not harassed. She does not harass anyone. So there, there's not, like, sexual harassment. But there are things that you probably shouldn't do at the office. Right. And Janice left her last job because she was dating a coworker.
0: And when that relationship was not disclosed and people didn't know they were dating. And so when there was a work conflict between her and her boyfriend, he lashed out and accused her of using her feminine wiles to get things at the workplace.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She, like she didn't, it's a footnote. When she talks about her past, it's not, like, on the page on the page. But I think that's the only thing that I noted as, like, potentially could actually be, like, ah, I'm just not interested in reading that for somebody.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Sexiness. Look, there are some creative locations. The, I would say the first scene is very hot. Between, if you have any sort of office kink like the elevator on the
0: desk against the side of the building during a fire drill like there are real points for creativity here oh, huge points for creativity um that said I would say the major kink here as like a sub-genre of monster kink is the dick so huge it will rearrange your internal organs mm-hmm. and I'm just not about that
1: uh-uh. I'm I'm good with my organs yeah staying where they physically should be right yeah i mean i don't know yeah i don't i don't get it but you know what this seems to be like this is a staple of monster romance right the the like dick as big as a coke can or whatever or as wide as a coke can and i'm just thinking about that i'm like "Mm,
0: no 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 well and kent is 10 feet tall and there's a random little illustration in the middle of the text that Kind of shows how disproportionate their bodies are.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I'm just like, Jesus Christ, if his dick is proportionate based on this drawing, it's like up in her clavicle.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's not hot. It's extremely no. upsetting. No. But like, so, and that's the thing too. It's like, it's a little, it's difficult to like to think to yourself, okay, I've got to just ignore this part of the sex scene to make it sexy, you know? Well, especially when they're having conversations like, is it all the way in yet? about halfway and you're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) but again, I will say if you're into that kind of thing, I think she pulls it off pretty well. So, yeah, I, I, this is just one of those
0: things where I think you and I have to say the first one was not what we were expecting in a way that made it more up our alley. Yes. This one is exactly what you'd expect from a monster romance. I think it was a really well done one. I mean, Mm -hmm. I definitely put it up there with Morning Glory milking farm in terms of character development and social commentary with a really heavy dose of romance and like the type of conflict you expect from a romance novel. I totally agree. I want more fucking of a dark Lord with three
1: dicks. That makes me laugh my ass off. Me too. 100%. It's what I want. (laughs) (laughs) More than you want the rearranging of your intestinal tract. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Like just three normal sized dicks. It's fine. Or three decks whose size is not even mentioned because the fact that there's three is the most significant part. Yes, correct. You know, you don't need to know how big they are. If you're just like, he's got three, he's got three. Okay. like <laughs> That's enough. I don't need to know more. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. We would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, and check us out around the internet, wherever you can find Plot Trists, especially Instagram, Goodreads, and WordPress.